Now, Del Monte Foods brings you a world of adventure with Rocky Jordan. Hey, Rocky. Oh, what's up, Chris? Take a look at that table back in the corner. Our old friend, Ali Fayed. Oh, the little guy used to do odd jobs around here. The same. Only now, look at his expensive clothes. And he's selling the customer something. What's he selling? I don't know. But whenever a tourist comes in, he goes over to that table and talks to him. Once in a while, somebody goes back to his table with him. Out of sight. Ah, here's one with him now. Okay, I'll take care of it. Hello, Ollie. Jordan. Sorry to break up your little transaction here, but this is not a bank. And you're not a banker, Ollie. Oh, Mr. Jordan. Outside. Sorry. Now, Imshi. And I'll look here. And you... it's for you. I can't stop you from dealing in black market money, but I can stop you from doing it in my cafe. Oh, I'm sorry. I I, I didn't know. Changing money at less than the legal rates against the law carries a stiff penalty. Mr. Jordan, how dare you? I said outside for you, Ollie. Now I'm going to throw you out. Mr. Jordan, you will regret this. You will pay for this insult. You will pay dearly. Del Monte, the brand you trust for flavor in so many good foods. Yes, Del Monte, the best-liked brand of canned fruits and vegetables in the whole wide world, takes you now to the Cafe Tambourine in Cairo, gateway to the ancient east, where modern adventure and intrigue unfold against the backdrop of antiquity. Tonight's Rocky Jordan story... The Money Changer. Well, that's the way it started. Running a two-bit black mark, the threats were pure bluff. How wrong can you be? The first thing that happened was when Sergeant Greco came steaming into the tambourine with a beautiful young lady in tow and a smug grin splitting his face from ear to ear. Mr. Jordan, you are pleased to come with me. Talking about Greco. I am talking about you and this complaint which this young lady, Miss Martha Helvig, has issued against you. Complaint? What about? Mr. Jordan, how can you ask that? What am I supposed to have done? You overcharged her in your cafe. Then when she complained, you insulted her. And finally, you struck her. What? You most certainly did. Do you not remember? I remember everything that's happened to me for days. You haven't even been in this cafe. Why, I Mr. Jordan, here. you shall answer to the magistrate. Come with me. And if you should resist, I shall be pleased to take you by force. Good day, miss. It was a ridiculous situation, but there was nothing I could do about it except go in and answer the complaint and post bail. Obviously, it was a frame, a nuisance attack, and the girl was a confederate of Murdoch's. That's why I was very surprised when I got back to the tambourine and found her waiting at one of the tables, cool and poised and blonde and beautiful. Hello, Mr. Jordan. Would you not sit down? What are you doing here? Please, Mr. Jordan, I want to apologize. I thought it was a kind of... Uh, a joke. But now I see that it was not an... I'm so very, very sorry. Has your boyfriend Murdoch put you up to this, too? Oh, Murdoch is not my boyfriend. Did you know him? Oh, yes. He, he said it was a joke. He promised a gift. But I did not understand Mr. Murdoch until now. I did not think he was like this. Like a, an American gangster to... How, how do you say it? 
put upon a pressure. Okay, so I'm sold. You're sweet and innocent, okay. Ah, thank you. You forgive me? Sure, forget it. Ah, thank you. Oh, but Rocky, I must tell you, this man Murdoch, you must be very careful of him. Perhaps it would be safer to do what he asks, no? No, no. That's bad advice. And now we take you back to Cairo and tonight's Rocky Jordan story, The Money Changers. I had expected trouble, but nothing like murder. And so, sitting in Sam Sabaya's office in the cold light of dawn that morning, things didn't look too good. Well, Jordan, it is your gun, and the shot was killed. Mr. J.C. Murdoch was fired from it. The doorman saw you at Murdoch's apartment house last night. Yes, you did not stop at the desk nor use the elevator. You had a motive. You even threatened Mr. Murdoch, in fact, right here in this office. Oh, I admit all that, Sam, but it just doesn't make sense. Look, he called me tonight and threatened trouble. Okay, this is trouble, but he'd hardly bump himself off just to make trouble for me. Yet it is your gun. How did it get there? I don't know. Must have been stolen from the cafe somehow. Hmm. Unfortunate. Yeah, especially for me. Look, Sam, I didn't kill Murdoch. I know that, Jordan. You do? I had to bring you here for the official questioning. And it may be difficult for me to convince anyone else in the Cairo Police Department you are innocent. But for myself, I know. How? You are not so stupid as to leave your own registered gun beside the body. But the murderer must be. To believe so obvious a trick would succeed. Yeah, but who is he? Probably some black market associate of Mr. Murdoch's who knew your habits and where you kept your gun in the temporary. Wait a minute. Of course, Ali Faid. He worked for me once. Exactly. That is why I sent word uh, an hour ago to pick up Ali Faid. And now, Jordan, if you... Oh, you, you come across there. Captain I must see you. You must see... Oh, Rocky. Rocky, you are all right? Sure. Oh, Rocky, thank goodness. May I ask what is your name, young lady? I'm Martha Helvig. German? A Swiss. Captain Sabayo, you must believe me. Rocky did not kill Mr. Murdoch. What makes you so sure? Because, because he could not. I live in the same building. He came to see me. He was with me all the time. How then does it come about that Mr. Murdoch was killed with Mr. Jordan's gun? I, I don't know. And who then did kill Mr. Murdoch if Mr. Jordan did not? I, I don't know. Young lady, this is a very noble gesture. But when you wish to save a man from a charge of murder, you had better think up a much better story. Oh, but... Yes, Sam. Perhaps Jordan will have other things to say to you. If so, he may do it outside. I am very busy. Come on, Marta, outside. So long, Sam. Let me know about Ali, huh? And thanks. You are welcome, Jordan. Good morning to you both. Okay. Now, what was that all about? What, Rocky? I don't get you. Don't you? I'm simple enough. Did you really think you could save me from a murder rap? Oh, I didn't know I had to try. Oh, Rocky, please. I was afraid for you. I am still. Please, you must get out of Cairo. Go away before it's too late. I have a home in Switzerland. You can go there. We can go there, if you wish it. Well, that's quite an offer, but uh, I'll have to think it over. It's a little too sudden for me. All right. Now you need some sleep. I will see you this afternoon at the tambourine. Until then. Good morning. <laughs> <laughs> 
darling. Yeah. Good morning. She was soft and blonde and beautiful. And she knew definitely how to kiss. As I dropped off to sleep that morning, her face kept floating around in front of my eyes. The trip to Switzerland seemed like a swell idea. But after five or six hours of sleep, I awoke with a clearer head. First, I called Sabaya. We have been unable to locate Ali Faidi and Jordan, but we are scouring the native quarters, searching houses of all known black market criminals. Sooner or later, we will get him. In the meantime, it is best that you remain quiet and out of sight. Then in the middle of the afternoon, I had a visitor. I'm a lawyer, Mr. Jordan. George Cranston of Farouk and Cranston. Uh, we have a client, I'm not at liberty to divulge the name, who would like to buy your cafe, the Cafe Tambourine. Yeah? What's the offer? 40,000 American dollars to be deposited to your account in a Swiss bank. Oh, okay, I'll think it over. But uh, call me tomorrow, huh? Now, please excuse me. Hey, Rocky. Yeah, Chris, what is it? It's a note. Some Arab kid just brought it in. I figured it was important. Let's see. It is important. Listen, Mr. Jordan, I have the information you want. Come quickly to the house of Ahmed Hadar in the street of the Blue Camel. Hurry. It's signed Ali Faid. What do you make of it, Rocky? No, Chris, but I'm going to go down there and find out. was deep in the native quarter, in that maze of tiny, twisted alleyways, teeming with all the sights and smells of the east. It took me almost half an hour and a lot of diplomatic questions in Arabic to find the house of Ahmed Hadar. Assalamu alaikum, Effendi. You are Ahmed Hadar? I am. Is the man Ali Faid in your house? You are Rocky Jordan? I am. He is. Come. Since his last visitor, he sleeps. Uh, visitor? Who is that? I know not. A small man, very slim, with hat pulled far down over his face. He came and went quickly, perhaps uh, 30 minutes ago. There, that room. No, thank you. Shall I just go in? As you wish. I shall be in front, watching. All right, thanks. Ali Fayed hadn't answered my knock, and now I knew why. The last visitor had been the last he'd ever have. He lay on the floor with his eyes. Norman works for you, too. Abdul is big and stupid, but he is our most helpful servant. So now there'll be one more murder to your school. I'm afraid so. I'm taking the night plane to Zurich, leaving in two hours. I have a package of 20,000 American dollars to take out for one of my clients. On the way to the airport, we'll drop you. Oh, thanks. I don't suppose it means anything to you that once you asked me to go to Switzerland with you, I don't suppose that kiss meant anything, huh? <laughs> oh, please. It wouldn't mean anything if I told you I loved you. If I said I don't care what you are or what you do... Not even if I believed you. A long time ago, I decided that it was my great misfortune to be a woman. I also decided that I would not let that fact interfere with anything I wanted to do, and I have not. I use my femininity when it can be useful to me, but I never let it interfere with good business. Huh? guess that answers my question. Definitely, Mr. Jordan. Tie him up, Abdul. <laughs> It was dark when we drove out through town and into the desert. 
Maybe a mile short of the airport, in a desolate and deserted section, they pulled off on a side road and stopped. All right, get out. I can't. I can't walk all tied up like this. Untie him, Abdul. I will keep him covered. When my hands were untied, she handed the small gun to the giant Abdul and walked a few steps away from the car. There was nothing for me to do but get out and follow her. Then she stopped and turned. All right, Abdul. Go ahead. And a strange thing happened. Abdul stopped walking. As I turned to face him, he wasn't looking at me, but at Marta. I said, go ahead, Abdul. What's the matter with you, you fool? Abdul. You treat me like a slave. I am not a slave. With 20,000 American dollars, I could be a king. Abdul, what are you thinking of? You will never get away with it. Yes. I take aeroplane. Go to some other country. No. Abdul, no! I am not no. your slave You'll never get anymore. There was nothing I could do to save her, and so I took the opportunity to save myself. I dove behind a bush, rolled over, and down.